This is WSKG's Politics Tuesday. I'm Phoebe Taylor-Vuolo. This week on Politics Tuesday, we look into the facts behind another attack ad in the 19th Congressional District race, and we'll look into how Democrats in Broome County are preparing for the county's pivotal role in the next week's election. Once again, we're honored by the presence of WSKG government and politics reporter Vaughn Golden. Wow. What's going on, Vaughn? Yeah, we're honored. I'm just star-studded over here today. You know what? Enjoy it. Enjoy it. I, I don't get it often, so so I do do appreciate it. Thank you, Phoebe. <laughs> All right. Well, what's been on your radar this week? Yeah, so um, at the end of the la- last week, we got one of our last dumps for this uh, this campaign finance uh, cycle. Air horns. Air horn. Woo! I can't do an air horn. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so there, there really wasn't anything surprising about uh, the, these filings from kind of what we've seen over the last few weeks. Um, definitely just reaffirming some of those trends, uh, especially when it comes to New York 19, the 19th Congressional District. Um, you know, as we continue to say, this is a highly competitive race, so you're going to see a lot of outside money uh, from super PACs and these outside organizations, uh, nonprofits too, but mostly super PACs. Um, th- and it, according to these, uh, these new numbers, uh, as reported and processed by uh, Open Secrets, um, it's one of only 28 house races in the country with over $10 million in outside spending so far. Wow. Of that, um, $5.8 million has been supporting Republicans or against Dems, uh, and about $4.8 million has been for supporting Democrats or opposing Republicans. Um, and that's all that outside spending. So that's the, the kind of stuff you see uh, when you see ads on TV that are through the DCCC or Congressional Leadership Fund. Um, all of those are coming from super PAC funding. So the, the majority of, of, you know, ads you see or really, uh, again, it's all the money that's being spent in this race is, is coming from these outside organizations. Um, the campaigns themselves wow. contribute to a lot less of this, too. Um, and we got those updated figures, too, this week. Uh, Riley, Josh Riley, the Democrat in the 19th, um, is still posting really strong numbers for his campaign account. Um, it, he began October with $1.2 million on hand. Uh, over the, the about two and a half, three weeks, he spent uh, nearly a million of that uh, while still raising uh, $730,000 over the same period. Uh, which is is pretty impressive considering we're getting to that part of the cycle where, um, you know, f- fundraising is less important than spending the money that that you that you have. Right. Yeah. Um, and then on Molinero's side, he he started October with a lot less on hand and raised a lot less too. He started with uh, just over four hundred thousand on hand. Um, he raised a little bit under two hundred thousand and spent about one hundred thirty thousand during uh, the same period. But these these numbers too, they're they're never like uh, completely telling a full story. Um, you know, we can say Molinero's campaign has raised a lot less money, uh, but his his as we we mentioned, uh, re- the super PAC funding is is coming through in support of him and in opposition to Riley too. So, um, yeah, again, that's the majority of the spending we see in this race. Focus on the outside spending. Uh, what is weird too is we never see uh, after this point we never see campaign or we never see filings until election day. So these groups could be spending millions of dollars on the race, and we will not know until after election day. Wow, 
And uh, we also had a debate for U.S. Senate, right? Did you watch? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I, uh-huh. I didn't. I, I, I cheated. I didn't watch on Sunday. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I had to watch the Seahawks beat the, the Giants, uh, yeah. which I was very glad to see. Uh, and the Eagles Fair. are still undefeated, just saying. Um, I was, I was, as far as the Senate debate, though, I was, I was really interested in seeing the um, Chuck Schumer debate, Joe Pinion. Um, Chuck Schumer, of course, being a longtime incumbent, he's got plenty of money, he's been using that on ads. Um, Joe Pinion, former Newsmax uh, conservative media personality, um, doesn't have much name recognition. So, like, going into this debate, I was asking myself, you know, what's what's the strategy, especially on Pinion's part? It's just focused on Pinion. You know, do, does he go on the offensive? Does he try to get Schumer to say something stupid? You know, like, what's, what's the, the game plan going in? And was that the case? What happened? So uh, I, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> ah. I, I'm glad, though. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm opining a little bit, but, like, I, I thought it was very well moderated. It was by Spectrum. I think Spectrum did a great job. Um, and really the candidates uh, stuck to the issues pretty much. Um, and that's not to say opinion wasn't, wasn't aggressive. Um, I think he he's had one major point, like, um, that he's been trying to make uh, on the campaign trail where I've seen him and in interviews um, in, in kind of just pointing out that Schumer as an incumbent is responsible for failures of government throughout his, his long career in Washington. Um, and and Pinion pointed this uh, pointed to this kind of um, off the bat in a, in a question about inflation and the economic recovery from, from COVID and pointing out that Schumer was in charge during this response. The inflation uh, did not happen overnight. It can't be fixed overnight. Just to correct um, a few uh, misinformation facts over here, uh, COVID did not cause the inflation. The response to COVID caused the inflation. Uh, the printing of money, $6 trillion of worth, to deal with that virus. Yeah, and and Schumer did a lot of, um, in response to that question, he did what he did in response to a lot of questions in this debate um, and just cited legislative successes and things that he has done and and has been able to push forward, uh, especially while he's been majority leader of the Senate, which he has uh, uh, since uh, the 2020 election. We are dealing with those supply bottlenecks very successfully. We just passed the CHIPS Act. Chips are needed for almost everything. And the lack of chips caused prices of cars, of appliances to go way up. Now they're going to start coming back down because of the CHIPS Act that was passed under my leadership. So any other highlights? What else? Uh, I, I, nothing nothing too big. Um, w- there were some exchanges that stuck out to me. Um, one was kind of interesting on, on the topic of, of climate change. Um, Pinion said he would support something like a, a carbon border adjustment tax. Uh, so this is kind of where imports would be taxed uh, to account for their carbon emissions. This came up during a, a, a question about climate change. Um, Pinion also said he wouldn't back a national abortion ban. Uh, of course, uh, the issue of choice has been uh, major in, in, in this race. Uh, Schumer, in, in response to both of those, uh, as far as climate, he pointed to the Inflation Reduction Act, the Re- Reconciliation Bill, uh, that includes a lot of funding for climate initiatives, and uh, he also mentioned on, on on abortion that the best way to ensure um, rights for choice is to vote for Democrats. Um, but otherwise, you know, just driving it home, I I, I, I give the the debate rave rave reviews for fo- focusing on policy, and I thought it was a, a pretty good introduction to um, who those candidates were. 
All right. Well, we will leave it there. Vaughn, I'll hand things over to you from here. Farewell. It's a bold thing to do for you. Good luck. (laughs) It's out of my hands now. (laughs) All right, folks. So Politics Tuesday is a pop-up podcast, meaning we do need to close this book at some point along the line. We're going to have two more episodes coming out both of which are going to air on days that are making the guy who decided to name the podcast after a day of the week regret that decision. The first one is going to come out on Monday, November 7th. That way you will have it in plenty of time before Election Day. And we're going to do a follow-up on elections, how everything shook out, and that will be hitting your podcast app on Friday, November 11th. So again, two more episodes of Politics Tuesday coming to you on Monday, November 7th. Friday, November 11th. Following redistricting, Broome County and the city of Binghamton are well positioned to play a significant role in several competitive races this this in the upcoming elections here. Here to discuss how Democrats in Broome County are organizing and mobilizing a week out from Election Day is Broome County Democratic Committee Chair Barbara Fiala. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to start, um, your, your, actually your Republican foil, Bejoy Data, chairman of the Broome County Republican Committee, uh, was on this program a few weeks ago. And, and I put this question to him, and I'll, I'll put it to you too. So 21% of registered voters in the city of Binghamton are Republicans, and 48% are Democrats, yet Republicans have really succeeded in keeping the mayor's office in the city since 2014, and they do have a lot of success in the county. And, and, and putting this to you as the Democratic committee chair, why do you think that's the case, and what are Democrats doing to work to counter that uh, in this year's election? Well, I think that you that is not unique over a period of years, not just between Democrat and Republican, Republican taking this office. If you, if you do a, a way back history, when I was uh, first involved, it, the city of Binghamton was a Democratic hold. And, um, you know, you, I, I think we've learned uh, what we can do better, and I'm very confident as we go forward of certainly um, the three, and I don't want to um, talk over you or, you know, you tell me what you want me to say because I could go on with this topic forever and ever. This is a very busy time for us. It's, um, you know, the, our congressional district is considered one of the closest in the United States. Uh, the A lot of effort we are putting out and as far as to get out the vote. That is very important. Right. The, uh, to win, you have to get out your voters. And that is what we have been working on for the past several weeks. Our candidates and volunteers are out knocking on thousands of doors, making phone calls, doing drops. And, um, you know, we have a strong coordinated field effort from the governor down to the more local races. And I think what's very interesting in uh, this year's cycle is um, our women candidates, our governor, our assemblywoman, Donald LaPardo, Leah Webb, to be made on the verge of making history where 
a Democrat will be uh, have a seat in the state Senate. And, of course, our sheriff candidate, Kate Newcomb. So I am very confident, and we have to work to get out the vote. I did do early voting yesterday for myself, and um, I was surprised what they told me that the turnout has been very, very good. So I think people are energized. I think uh, the women's issue with uh, the right to choose is very important. So, um, you know, in the game of politics, you will see uh, uh, periods where one party seems to have uh, won more races. But I think if you do your history, you will see that the Democrats still have a good stronghold in Broome County. Mm-hmm. What are there? You mentioned a big part of the strategy is is getting 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 out the vote, getting people to turn out. Uh, are, are there any sure. specific kinds of voters you're, you're looking to increase turnout with that you're targeting specifically, um, whether that's, that's you know, independence, swing voters, or geographically? Are there any parts of the county you're, you're focusing on in, in this area? Uh, no, we don't discriminate. <laughs> we are going after the whole ball. So, like I told you, like I said, just said we have been knocking on doors and uh, just handing out literature, making phone calls. I think contact, contact, you can't take a voter for granted. You have to uh, make them realize that their vote counts, they're very important, and we are trying to hit as many as we can. And But are those more more Democrat doors you're trying to knock on or Republican doors? Because I've I've been out with canvassers before and, and, you know, generally it's it's turning out Democrats or independents. There's there's specific focus there. Is that playing into the strategy at all? Is there anybody you No, we're trying. We like I just said, we've tried to hit as many as we can and many voters. Um, I get literature from both parties. And so we do not um, discriminate against, <laughs> you know, we're trying to get as many as we can. Got it. I, 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 I live in a duplex and it's funny. I'm, 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 I'm a registered independent. I'm, I'm clear with that or, or not, or not affiliated. And I, my, my mailbox is constantly uh, overflowing and my neighbors who I, I don't know how, how they're, they're registered, but theirs is not. So I always, always get a kick out of that at this time of year. And I think that is, um, more common uh, in the last few years than it has been in the past, you know. What do you think that's, you that's the case? Uh, uh, people want to uh, view themselves uh, or, or are more educated in the issues, and I think the women's issue of uh, their right to choose is very important this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so s- switching gears a little bit, due to redistricting, Broome County was combined with Tompkins County, uh, of course, the city of Ithaca, um, in a number of, uh, especially these competitive districts, the 19th Congressional District, the House race between Mark Molinaro and Josh Riley, as well as the Senate District, you, you mentioned, too, with um, Senate District 52 with Leah Webb and Rich David. Um, mm-hmm. I've covered Tompkins County going back like six years now. Um, and I'm fairly confident saying that Ithaca Democrats um, have some differences with 
Binghamton Democrats, um, do you agree with that assessment? And how's that been playing out with uh, throughout these campaigns over the last year or so? Well, <laughs> I think that uh, well, who was knows that all politics is local. So yes, to a degree, but I think when you look on the national level and what the Democratic Party stands for, it, there there is a difference, and I think that is going to help. The Democrats this year, and from your perspective as as Broom uh, Democratic Committee Chair, how's it, how's it been working with Tompkins County a little bit more closely? You know, these were kind of two very uh, very prominent uh, you know county committees, political worlds that haven't really oh, had to intermix yeah. too much over the last you know ten years because oh, they haven't shared districts. I haven't seen that as. Um, an issue at all, you know, uh, we are Democrats. I think we're inclusive, we work together, and that's gonna bring us a uh, successful turnout. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to a very good election night. How how has it been, though, working between Uh, county to county? No, I mean, on strategy, you, you, you know, messaging and, and door knocking, Tompkins and Broome are, are just naturally different counties with naturally different electorates. Yeah, but we all have the same agenda, and that is to uh, promote and elect Democrats. So that uh, supersedes any uh, minute difference that we might have. Got it. Got it. So I, I also okay. want and, and you brought her up, uh, brought this up. Uh, and I wanted to ask you about the sheriff's race. Um, Kate Newcomb had previously been a Republican who switched parties to run as a Democrat. She's she's been clear about that. Um, and she was endorsed mm-hmm. by David Harder, um, a, a long term incumbent Republican who's been fiercely criticized by Broome Democrats over the years. And I, I'm, I'm curious why you, why you think Democrats should be confident in Kate Newcomb uh, as someone to best represent their values when it comes to law enforcement? Because of her platform and what she, her years experience, okay? Uh, she's running against Fred Asher, who hasn't decided what he wants to do when he grows up, okay? Uh, he was a sheriff, now he's gonna be a senator, but he was in the majority as a senator. Now he's in the minority, so I'm gonna run for sheriff. And she's had that community for 30 years as being a loyal servant and a public servant, I should say. And I think she has a brings a unique perspective to the sheriff's office. And I'm very confident that she's going to do very well. Got it. So my to wrap up here, is there anything you're particularly interested to see shake out in the nitty gritty of election results? Things like turnout, you know, swing votes, any geographic things that you'll be checking in on on November 9th uh, when we when we get some results here? Well, I think turnout is the most important thing. You know, we have in making our thousands of phone calls. We've ID'd um, the voters. We um, want to make sure that they get out to vote. I think the early voting is a great indication that there's interest in it. Like I said, I think we have a great field of candidates. I'm uh, looking forward 
to it, and I think we're will um, I think turnout. If I have to wrap up, turnout is the most important thing. Is and there, the early voting shows that there is going to be a positive turnout. Is there a, a certain number in the back of your head that you're looking for in terms of turnout? No, I no, <laughs> just uh, just trying to get the maximum possible. Got it. Got it. All right. I've been speaking with Broome County Democratic Committee Chairwoman Barbara Fiala. If you've watched network television in the last few weeks, you may have noticed there are one or two political ads airing per minute, it appears. Many of them are with the competitive 19th Congressional District race between Democrat Josh Riley and Republican Mark Molinaro. One of those ads airing in the last few weeks is in opposition to Riley's campaign, uh, and it's focused on his law enforcement position. Here to help break down the ad once again is Roger Hannigan-Gilson, Columbia Green reporter with the Albany Times Union, who authored another fact check, this time on this spot. Roger was on the show a few weeks ago to break down a different ad against Mark Molinaro. Thanks for coming on, Roger. Oh, thank you. Uh, Glad to be here. So I I just want to start uh, by playing a a clip of this ad here. Bail reform is releasing criminals back on the street and putting our communities at risk. And radical Josh Riley still says violent criminals deserve help, not handcuffs. Josh Riley, too extreme, too dangerous. Every time I hear that ad, I am uh, jealous of that guy's voice. I want that to be my radio voice one of these days. But (laughs) (laughs) Roger, Roger, so give us a little context. Uh, We we have the the clip of Riley in here. He says, help, not handcuffs. And I've seen that and heard that in other ads, too. Where Mm -hmm. you looked into this, where does this soundbite come from? Um, Well, it was funny because I saw the ad and it kind of rang a bell. Uh, the clip and it turned out it was actually from a candidates forum uh, held in Tompkins County Uh, this was before the primary so it was Josh Riley and his two uh, Democratic contenders Um, yeah so uh, essentially in in the actual clip when he's when he's you know at the uh, forum he's not talking about violent criminals he's actually uh quoting kind of a motto from the mental uh the institute for mental health um and uh it is that uh people undergoing mental health crises deserve help not handcuffs yeah yeah i went back and i i was able to dig through and find the audio here and and i'll I'll play a, a clip from that that tompkins democratic committee forum here I was hearing both uh, from law enforcement officials and also advocates in the community that because our mental health system is so badly underfunded, a lot of folks in crisis end up not getting the care that they need, not getting the services they need. And then their first encounter with anybody is with law enforcement because of a 911 call. That's really bad for folks in crisis. Uh, You know, the National Alliance on Mental Illness says folks in crisis deserve help, not handcuffs. And I believe that is really, really true. But the system, as we have designed, it doesn't operate that way. So when people in mental health crisis are interacting with the criminal justice system, it's bad for folks in crisis. It's bad for law enforcement officials. Yeah. So, I mean, that that extended version of the sound bite sounds pretty clear like it doesn't really have much to do with violent criminals did you agree with that assessment from what you've looked into this further with 
Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, that Josh Riley didn't mean and didn't imply that he was talking about violent criminals. It's uh, it's it's not as cut and dry. Just, he was talking about a topic that uh, many Republicans are going uh, after Democrats for, which is, you know, criminal justice. Um, so I almost think that are there people out there that if they heard the extended clip, would they interpret it to mean something similar to what the advertisement suggested? Like people going through mental health crises, they're probably violent or something like that. But he uh, in no way meant to uh, uh, say that. And, you know, I mean, it was so out of context. I mean, it was just two words that were taken from like a giant paragraph of speech. Yeah, yeah. I I guess to back up a, a little bit, um, and this, like you mentioned, and of course, the that has to deal with bail reform and law enforcement. Mm-hmm. What what do we know about Riley's thoughts on uh, the state's bail laws? And uh, this is something that you do point out in in your fact check article that is a state issue. But do we know where Riley exactly falls on bail laws and and law enforcement more generally? Um. Well, uh, he hasn't gotten too deep into the bail laws because, as as you stated, he would have like no uh, effect on them either way. But uh, he states and has stated both like verbally and uh, through campaign documents that he is no way supportive about defunding the the police, which you know ninety nine percent of Democrats are are trying to really distance themselves from. Uh, you know, a lot different than it was two years ago, but that's kind of the fact of the times right now. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I as I, as I keep saying, I'm a, I'm a registered non-affiliate. I'm, I'm an independent, and I keep getting flooded with mailers, and, and it's, it's been interesting. I think later I've started get mailers um, with Riley promoting his positions on uh, law enforcement. He points out his mother, mother worked mm. in law enforcement as well. I guess kind of where do you do you see that this has kind of been a push um, to push back on all of these ads? Do you, do you see mean, that I, from your observations? I think he, um, you know, because he made statements and wrote things saying he did not support to fund the police before these ads ever came out. So I think he kind of uh, anticipated that it would be a line of attack and kind of got out there, yeah. which is not to, I'm not saying he's being disingenuous. I think that he truly does not support that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, you kind of have to say it in the beginning or else uh, people will, people will whack you for it. And even if you do, apparently they will. Yeah, yeah. All right. I've been speaking with Roger Hannigan Gilson, Columbia Green reporter with the Albany Times Union, discussing a, um, a anti-Josh Riley ad that's been airing uh, on TV stations across the district. Thanks, Roger. Thank you. Glad to be on. And that's it for this week's edition of Politics Tuesday from WSKG News. As always, we greatly appreciate a like and a share. Keep those numbers up and prove to my boss that I'm not wasting my time. We are a week out from Election Day, folks. Time to go vote. On behalf of Phoebe Taylor-Volo, I'm Vaughn Golden, and this is Politics Tuesday from WSKG News. WSKG News.